Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome to Grace Church. It's great to see you all this morning. I invite you to stand as we prepare to sing. This is the day. Today is the day. We're going to worship this morning. Lift your hands and sing with us.
just praise the Lord this morning. Let's get a little bit louder. Let's get a little bit louder for Christ this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You are worthy. Lord of God, do we serve a great God? Do we serve a great God? My God is good. My God is great. You know, we have a tendency to be a little subdued in our, in our interactions with people. A little subdued, a little hesitant. That's primarily because of our experience with other people. We kind of carry that along with us. I don't want to be hesitant, Jason, whenever I approach God. I'm told in the Word that I don't have to be hesitant. I don't have to be subdued when I approach the throne of grace. Let me, let me read y'all. Let me read. You know, I love reading scripture on a Sunday morning. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. Let me tell you a little bit about your Lord. For we have not a high priest that which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, verse 16, therefore, let us therefore come boldly, boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Let me tell you something about that scripture. If you're coming to God in need of mercy and grace, you have no right, but he says you can come boldly. It's not about your condition. It's about his love. It's about his mercy. It's about his grace. You can come boldly before the throne room of grace. Your God loves you. Praise God. I'm not preaching today, but it's, I kind of feel it. Praise the Lord. It is, y'all may be seated. It is good to see everyone this morning. We are so glad you are here to help us praise and worship our God because we want to get as loud as we possibly can. Praise the Lord. If you're joining us on live stream, just get loud in your house. Nobody's going to say anything. It's your house. Praise the Lord. We do have a, a few announcements. Just two. More on Monday, October 26th at 714. We are continuing to participate in the United Family Prayer Time in our homes. And on Tuesday, October 27th, Tuesday morning prayer will continue at 10 a.m. here in the sanctuary. We want to thank you folks for being as generous as you have been. If you will, if you desire to give at Grace, you can give in the lobby or on the various electronic devices that you have through our, your apps or your websites. Do you love the Lord this morning? I told you, I know I, know I just told you to sit down. But I feel, I'm feeling good in the Holy Ghost this morning. Why don't you stand? Let's, let's get, get back to your feet this morning. Let's worship God. Let's make it. Let's, let's, let's ring the halls of heaven with our praise and our worship this morning. God bless you.
Let's bless the name of Jesus today, shall we? All over the building, let's praise him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. I feel the presence of the Lord here today. Hallelujah. Let's entertain him. Let's entertain him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. It is wonderful. It is wonderful to see all of you here today. Thank you so much for coming, for being in the house of the Lord. And I'm still rejoicing that we're back on campus. And I believe with all of my heart, it's only going to get better from here. It's only going to get better from here. Do you believe that? Does anybody believe that with me today? Thank the Lord. It's great to see you. All of our guests here today, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're here. And uh, we want you to feel welcome at Grace Church and uh, to make yourself at home and to worship the Lord with us. Enjoy the presence of the Lord. Thank the Lord. Those of you watching today on live stream, Facebook Live, thank you. And uh, we're so glad to have you joining us today virtually. Thank the Lord. Thank you for that. Uh, before you're seated, a couple of things I want to mention. First of all, we're just really blessed today to have back with us Jarrell Owens. Uh, he is helping complete our sound system install. And uh, he arrived here Thursday, uh, I think around noon, a little after lunch. And uh, he's been working up here from sunup till practically midnight. And uh, so you'll notice some different sound today and, and whatnot, but him and Chris are back there adjusting and you know, they want it to be they want it to be excellent. That's what we do here at Grace Church. They want it to be excellent. And uh, so if you would uh, give them some latitude as they tweak and uh, make adjustments and what have you as we continue on through this service. But Jarrell, we thank you for coming and uh, helping us out with this. It's deeply, deeply appreciated. One more thing, actually two more things. Heather Tier, Heather, I just saw her. Maybe she went home, I don't know. Um, she has, I'm kidding, she has a table set up in the lobby. Uh, she's raising money to go back to Finland. And I have real mixed emotions about this. I want you to go and just buy her out. And then there's another part of me that don't want you to go back there and buy anything. Because we like having her here, right? But we're going to share her with the kingdom. And uh, she does an excellent job, works very well with uh, Pastor and Sister Halfin in Finland, does a great, great job, and she's raising money. So if you can, on the way back, on the way out this morning, uh, don't go now, wait till after church. Um, but uh, just buy whatever she has. But I want to make a recommendation. If she has some of those chocolate chip macaroons, you need to buy them before they're gone. Sister Murph and I are contributing heavy in that one area. And uh, I think we got our, I think it's a dozen uh, that she's selling, but and it is, it's, of course you're raising money for her to, uh, she's raising money to help go to uh, Finland. But uh, buddy, you're going to get a sweet deal out of it, no pun intended, if you'll buy some of those and take them home with you. They're wonderful. But check it out. I think she has some t-shirts and whatnot back there. Your kids may enjoy some of that stuff as well. One more thing before we go to the Word of God. Grace Church is a voting church. Uh, I know that. Uh, I think everyone at, at Grace Church votes when there's an election. 
Well, this one coming up, as we all know, is hugely, hugely important. I encourage all of you to vote. Sister Murphy and I have already voted. Uh, we stood in line 45 minutes. I timed it just for the fun of it. There was really nothing else to do. And uh, so I timed it. it. took us 45 minutes. But it was worth it to have the right as an American to have the privilege as an American to step in behind that curtain and push whatever button I wanted to without feeling intimidation or anything like that. So take advantage of it, and um, we need to work while it is day. For the night is coming when no man can work, the Bible said. Uh, there, I, I would appreciate all of you voting. We say this every major election at least, to please vote your conscience, and please pick your candidate based off of as much biblical principle as you can find. There's not always a lot there, but uh, one may have a little one or two something advantage over the other one. We'll pick that one to help us with church, with spreading the gospel, not taking it away, but giving freedom to all of that. So uh, let the Lord lead you and guide you with that. But also on our... Uh, in our, in our voting this year, and I'm sure all of you are familiar with it, it's uh, Amendment 1, and uh, was the first thing that popped up on the screen when we voted, uh, and it has to do with abortion, uh, declaring, it says it on the, uh, when you go to vote, it, it will tell you this, that if you vote in favor of this, declaring, you'll be declaring that there is no right to and no funding of abortion in the state of Louisiana in its constitution. They're wanting to keep, it's a uh, conservative movement obviously, but they're wanting to keep this out of the Louisiana constitution, make it constitutional for funded abortion. And uh, there's been a big push for us to promote that in church. So if you pray about that and you think you're in favor of it, please push the appropriate button on that one as well. So thank you for that and please go vote. If you haven't already, please go vote. Please vote, please vote you don't, don't complain about who wins. I want to call your attention today to Luke chapter 15 and verse 1. <clears throat> the Bible said, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eats with them. Speaking of Jesus. And he, Jesus, spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth he not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that one which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Everybody say rejoicing. He's not mad, he's not angry that the sheep left the fold. He's rejoicing that he was able to find him. Attitude. And when he comes home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me. Everybody say, Rejoice with me. Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Notice verse 7. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents. <clears throat> They've not been baptized yet and they haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost yet. As a matter of fact, Jesus made this statement still under the Old Testament law of Moses. 
But there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. More than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. I want to preach to you for a little while this morning a question. When is it time to rejoice? When? When do you rejoice? Everybody say thank the Lord for the word. Thank you for standing and you may be seated. I want to open today with not random statements, but it may catch you just a little off guard. There's a wonderful spirit of the Lord here today. There's the, 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 the atmosphere feels good here today. Um, I feel peace and comfort in the house of the Lord, and it, it, it causes me to be excited. But I want to ask you to consider some things with me, and again, I'm being very careful, and I'm being very respectful. But I would like for all of you to consider with me these three statements. If you have not had the COVID-19 virus, just for a little while, instead of being afraid you'll get it, would you rejoice with me? I'll rejoice with you today that you haven't had it. Attitude. Does that make sense? Just for a little while, you can go back to the old way when you leave or whatever, but just for the little while today, if you would do that, listen to what I'm about to say. For those of us that have had it, for those of us that have had it, we can rejoice that we recovered. Amen. And I want to say very carefully, there's a very sweet and kind man here today that lost his father to this horrible, horrible uh, virus. But we all know today, and I've been assured even from other people, Brother Ken, that your dad was a man who lived for God and was right with God. So we can rejoice today that he's with Jesus. He's in the arms of God today. Is that fair? Thank the Lord. So when is it time to rejoice? I think we have an occasion right now for rejoicing. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord? Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, during all this COVID business, has God answered any other prayers for you outside of the COVID stuff? Has God been good to you? Has he answered your prayers and taken care of you, your job and, and things like that? Um, I know of at least two people at Grace Church that during the COVID thing has, has gotten some, some very nice offers. Uh, one of them's already been accepted and, 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 and he's working on his job, has looked for a job for a couple of years and God blessed him with one and I'm thankful for that. And then the family that Brother Dave referenced last Sunday, I had a conversation with that person and uh, this person is on to a Sounds like a pretty lucrative deal when it comes to employment. So you see, God is still working in the midst of all this stuff. So I think we have some opportunity. When is it time to rejoice? You rejoice when God is being amazing and doing great things. And COVID isn't the only thing going on in God's world. Praise the Lord. I leaned over to Brother Dave this morning when Brother Ben was exhorting us on coming boldly to the throne of grace. I asked him, could God get COVID if we get too close? 
I don't think we have to social distance God. I think we can still talk to him. We can still have our faith. We still have the promise of God. We still have the word of God. So when is it time to rejoice? As far as I'm concerned, there's not a better time to rejoice than right now. Why don't four or five people just stand to your feet right now and let's give the Lord some praise because he's awesome. He's wonderful. The Bible said that God is great and he is greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Thank the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. I, I, I believe I know that God is desiring to take Grace Church to the next level of faith and growth growth both numerically and spiritually. And um, I, I say this often, and I don't say it unless I feel that it is true, but I'm basing this on the message I preached to you a couple of Sundays ago, that it's time to leave Gadara, if you remember that, uh, where Jesus went and took care of the demoniac and took care of those demons and got his disciples back in the ship. They went back to Capernaum on the other side of the lake and he just resumed where he left off by raising Jairus' daughter from the dead and healing the woman with the issue of blood. He didn't make a big deal out of Gadara, but he, he, he got the job done, and when it was done, he left it. And I believe we've had a duke-out session and a knockdown drag-out with the devil in more ways than one. May I submit to you here this morning that Jesus had to get out of the ship to deal with the devil. He didn't deal with the devil in the ship. And I believe there's some people here today that we've stepped out of church as normal. We've stepped out as church as usual. We've stepped into an arena that we're not familiar with, something that we don't have a lot of experience with. But I believe we've dealt a knockout blow to the devil with all this business. It's time to get back in the ship and resume the kingdom's business. Thank the Lord. If you believe that, clap your hands one more time to the Lord today. Hallelujah. And for the past number of Sundays, since we've been back live on campus, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah. Uh, apparently that means a little more to me than everybody else. But, uh, but for the past uh, number of Sundays at Grace Church, it feels like we've been gaining more and more ground, meaning that we're feeling more secure about moving forward in our vision and purpose. And I have learned Listen to pastor, I've learned that God never takes away everything that's wrong in our lives. He never takes away everything because if he did, you wouldn't need him. He's going to leave something undone. He's going to leave something unfinished. He's going to have that one prayer that you've been praying. He's going to string it out a little bit longer and a little while longer. That's to keep you praying and keep you believing. But God still works. He still moves. He's still performing the miraculous. He's still opening doors. He's still providing opportunity. He's still moving in a mighty way in his church. And I'm thankful for that today. It's time to leave Gadara. Let's get back to the kingdom's business and to the business of the Holy Ghost and see what God will do. Everybody said amen. Notice in 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 22. Likewise, all the men of Israel, which had hid themselves, quarantined themselves, if you will, in Mount Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistines fled, 
Even they also followed hard after them in battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day. And the battle passed over. And buddy, that's what I'm feeling right now. It's been a long, hard six or seven months of just battle and fighting. But my spirit says that it's passing over. Seemingly the battle is moving on by. And I've been given at least two assurances from God and even a huge breakthrough this past Sunday. And I trust that one day you'll know and understand the magnitude of what happened here last Sunday. But the battle that's been raging in my mind since February and March has moved on to another level the battle is passing over and no I've not been given a clear path forward yet but God has given me peace and I've been given a promise so I say to you today I would like for you to come to my party and celebrate with me starting today I believe that God has given us a peace about what he wants to do until he does what his promise has been fulfilled The Lord saved Israel that day, the Bible said. And I believe this is where we are right now at Grace Church. We have fought a battle on one level, and now we've won. After all, we're still here. Now God is ready to take us to the next level, and that is the resumption of the kingdom's business and the lives of men and women to do more than we've ever done. I am feeling a nudge in my spirit about something right after the first of the year. I need to pray about it some more. I need to make sure it's the right path, but it's going to be huge for Grace Church. It's going to be a huge step, but I feel like the timing's going to be right. Uh, Right after the first of the year, I'm asking Grace Church to please help me pray about that. But I believe he's going to take us wherever we want to go as long as we're willing to follow him. You stay on the ship, and when the kingdom business resumes, you stay in lockstep behind Jesus and the will and purpose of God. Thank the Lord. Isaiah said in Isaiah 55, verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, let the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts, he said, are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. I'm running right now under the umbrella of those verses of scripture I submit to you today that God has a plan not just for Grace Church but for any church that wants to get in lockstep behind the will of God and accomplish his purpose before the catching away of the church hallelujah God's way of thinking and doing things are contrary to the way our culture thinks and does things 
His ways are contrary to our thoughts and our, his perspectives and all of that. Even life itself is contrary to what we think and believe as we taught here this past Wednesday night. Now, notice, as humans, we don't celebrate, shout, rejoice, jump, dance until victory has been won and all of God's promise has been fulfilled. But God doesn't operate that way. You're not really satisfied with your team, your football team of choice until they've won the championship at the end of the season. But I will applaud fans, sports fans, especially in football since that's what I know best. They do celebrate when their team makes a first down. They do celebrate when their defense intercepts a football from the offense and runs it back for a touchdown. They haven't won the game, but it's a step in the right direction. Why can't we be like that as church people? We don't have to have the totality of God's promise fulfilled before we rejoice. I've been rejoicing for the past four or five Sundays that we're back on campus. We're making a first down. The devil fumbled the ball and our team recovered and we have possession. We're in possession. We have the momentum. We have God on our side. The battle is passing over and we to rejoice. Woo! Politicians don't party until they've won the election. But they do. People who support their candidate, they'll clap and cheer over the last term's achievement. There's nothing wrong with that. Investors don't celebrate until they've made all of their money that they want to make. But I know realtors that sure get excited when they write up a purchase agreement. The house ain't sold yet. Nobody's moving out, but it's a step in the right direction. Why can't we do that as a church instead of wondering and worrying about God doing this? And why isn't God doing that? We need to rejoice when there are those moments when you can actually see the hand and the will of God being done. And God is taking care of his kingdom business on this planet. I say to you today, rejoice with this that rejoice the Bible said and today is a day of rejoicing I remember when Sister Murphy and I built our house uh, eight nine years ago whenever it was we celebrated every little accomplishment of that every little part of it we celebrated when we bought the lot. I think it was a 75 by 140 patch of weeds that had just been mowed, but it was ours. There wasn't a house, there wasn't a stick of lumber, there wasn't a box of nails, there wasn't nothing. But we high-fived and hugged and kissed and celebrated because now that's our lot. It's stepping in the right direction. We were excited when they got the slab formed up. This bunch of bizarre squares and shapes and all that out on the lot. And it was that note, not any concrete. But finally they poured the concrete and we celebrated that. We celebrated when they got it framed up. We celebrated when they got it blacked in. We celebrated when they got the roof on it. We celebrated when the electrical work was being done. Do you get what I'm saying today? 
Come on, Grace Church. Somebody get behind Pastor today. This is the day that the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. I remember you've heard this story, and you're going to hear it again because I love to tell it. I remember when Casey and Chris bebopped into our house one Thursday night about 11 years ago, a little over 11 years ago. And we're sitting there chatting, and Marcus and Cassie's there, and I'm all back in my recliner, and Sister Murphy's got her legs up under sitting in the other recliner. And just out of the clear blue, Casey just says, well, Chris and I are going to have a baby. And your reaction kind of right now is kind of what we did. Nothing. I finally looked at Casey and I said, what did you say? I heard what she said. I heard it very clear and I really didn't need for her to repeat it. But I was having a hard time getting my head around what she just said. So I wanted to hear it again. And she didn't answer. She just walked off. And Sister Murphy said, where are you going? And she still didn't answer. And she went in the kitchen, dug around the purse, and came back with that little black and white picture that showed that little seed of a baby growing on the inside of her and reality started to set in that Sister Murph and I were going to be grandparents. Hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah. And we rejoiced and we were glad and all of that. But Casey went on to point out he don't really have any arms yet. He don't have any legs yet. And he's not really formed yet. It didn't matter. That was our grandbaby. And we rejoiced and we went and bought stuff. Excuse me, Sister Murphy went and bought stuff. And we had to have this all of a sudden, and we had to have that all of a sudden. But I'm going to tell you what, that's all we talked about for nine solid months was Noah Christopher coming. And oh my, what a treat him and Joseph have been to our lives. But I didn't see any real great visible evidence. I didn't even understand that little black and white picture thing. They're pointing at this and that, and I'm just going, yeah, 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 and I don't have a clue what I'm looking at. But we celebrated every part of it. It's kind of like this couple that's been dating for a long time, and she She's so in love and can't wait. She wants to marry this dude. And he just won't pop the question. And I love it when you have these guys that finally use their head for something besides a hat rack. He plans this event with his family and her family. And they throw this big party. And she, I saw one on YouTube a couple of years ago where the, the potential groom the groom wannabe, got with one of his friends to get with his girlfriend to plan him a birthday party. When actually it was a proposal party. So this lady planned her own proposal party and had no clue. And she thought she was just so cool. He came in and act all surprised. Man, he played the part. He did everything and all that and just, you know, I can't believe you're doing this for me, baby, and you make me want to cry. And he knew all along what was up. And at the very end of it, he said, you think you're something now with a surprise. And she said, yeah, I got you, didn't I? He said, no, you didn't. I planned this whole thing, really the whole point of this. And he gets down on one knee and she starts crying and jumping and excited. And she steps back and she covers her face and all that kind of stuff. They're not married yet. 
They're basing the whole thing on a promise. That's what it's all about. <laughs> and you know why I'm celebrating here today? I ain't in heaven yet. And I haven't gotten all my prayers answered yet. But for the ones I have and for the promise I've got, I'm rejoicing. I'm celebrating. I'm shouting. I'm letting God know I love him. And I'm telling you that I believe it. It hasn't happened yet. But God is true to his word. And it will not return void. God is saying to us today, I want you to act like I'm really telling you the truth when I tell you that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I want you to act like you believe that. Hey, I'm as used to, I'm as human as anybody here today. And I'll be honest, I've staggered a little bit and I've been a little bit afraid. Not of what God was going to do, but what you were going to do. But God said, when I promise you a blessing for tithing, I want you to act like you believe it. When I promise you hope and comfort, I want you to act like you go, you believe it. If I promise you that there's nothing you can do that will make me stop loving you, I want you to act like you believe that. When I promise that greater is he that's in you than he was in the world, I want you to believe that I'm telling you the truth. He wants us to believe he's telling us the truth even before his promise comes to pass. And this is the next level that God is bringing us to. If you can believe God's promise, then about 99% of your battle is won. The devil, along with our flesh, keeps us frustrated and distracted through the lens of what we see. And when we calculate what we are seeing, we forget about the faith we had in the promises that God made. We lose focus over two things. We lose focus over two things. Number one is failure, and number two is the unfinished. And for most really committed people, the unfinished is what drives us insane. I have for so long wanted to have that Sunday morning, just a regular Sunday morning, where there are so many people here, we have to go get chairs. It hasn't happened yet, but that doesn't mean it's not going to. And I believe it's going to happen. Amen. So we lose our focus over failure and the unfinished. One is when we fail. Obviously, we lose our focus when we fail, but the unfinished, the other, is when seemingly God doesn't finish or maybe even God fails. We fail sometimes believing, and it seems that God never finishes fulfilling promises. We get undone over the undone. And I know I get frustrated over what is not finished and what isn't right and what isn't done. I get frustrated when timing doesn't ever seem to cooperate and it is impossible to get things to fall into place. But God is reminding all of us today that all of us needs to throw a party over what he 
has done and over the progress we have made and rejoice over the things that are right in our lives right now. It's time to cease to major on minors and lean not to our own understanding and remember that the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. It's time to start standing once again on the promise of God. We must focus more on his promise and less on our problems. I want you to notice what Israel did in Numbers 21 when they needed water. I love this story. The Bible said, and from thence they went to Bayer, that is the well whereof the Lord spake unto Moses, gather the people together and I will give them water. So when they were delivered from Egypt, you remember that, and they didn't have water? Then, everybody say then. Let me rewind. God told Moses, gather all the people together and I will give them water. Then, Israel sang this song. Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. The princes digged a well. The nobles of the people digged it by the direction of the lawgiver with their staves or with their rods. And from the wilderness they went to Matinal. Notice, God always gives a promise before performance. We don't always like the way God works with us. We ask for a harvest and God will give you a seed. We want the end result first. But God says, no, here's a promise now act on the promise because the harvest you desire is in the promise. We want wonders and God gives us a word and says, now act on the word. We don't need to feel something. We need to believe something and then act like we believe it. God made Israel a promise. I will give them water. And they started sinking. And there wasn't a drop of water nowhere. God, has God made you a promise? If he has, then start singing and rejoicing, shouting and dancing, and be encouraged and get excited. Israel that day sang unto something they could not see, they could not taste, nor could they locate. They sang to the desert sand until God gave them water through the desert sand. It is the next level of faith, folks, that God is desiring to take us to. We must learn to sing and rejoice in the face of difficulty and impossible situations. By doing this, we release the power of God to fulfill His own word. They sang, spring up, O oh well. They were singing as though it was already there. And there was no evidence of nothing. We are sometimes too image conscious. I have to admit, some of you remember it that are here today. I really felt foolish that Sunday when our church was in Baker that I stood up and interrupted the speaker and prophesied that God was going to give Grace Church $1 million handed in the microphone and went and sat down. 
How do you think I felt when I got comfortable back in my chair after that? I'm sure that the people of Israel that day felt really silly when they started singing to a drought-laden desert sand and they were singing, spring up, oh well. There was no potential. There was no possibility. It had never been done. And why in the world would one think that it would happen now? Well, I'm preaching good today. You know the kind of thing I'm talking about? It's kind of like singing to the top of your lungs when you're in the shower all by yourself and your spouse walks in. You just kind of feel, have that real feel stupid moment. You know what I'm talking about? Or when you're singing yourself and uh, singing to yourself in the mirror while you're shaving, if you're a man, and one of your kids walks in on you and say, what are you doing, Dad? No, nothing, just shaving. You feel kind of silly and a little embarrassed. We all want to protect our image. After all, we are a little proud and sanctimonious. Oftentimes our prayers have an ulterior motive. We want God to show up so we can look good. We want our faith and our faithfulness to be bragged on a bit. Yes, God did it, but I did some too. Our faith in God's promise isn't to make us look good. It's to make Him look good. And He will not share His glory with anybody, including us. So I believe God is moving us to a place where we will be willing to give up our self-image and truly manifest his image through us. If we can do that, then perhaps we'll see God fulfill more of his promises in our lives when he steps into our lives and performs a miraculous and he gets the credit and not us. It's not our prayer that creates a well in the sand. It's his power. That's what does it. We say God performed this miracle and he answered my prayer. Well, yes and no. He answered your prayer. But it wasn't your prayer that did the miracle working. It was his power. And we need to understand that. Israel was singing to a place where a promise had been fulfilled. Notice the princes and nobles dug that well. The leaders dug the well. God is saying, take your lips and your sticks, your staves, get out in the desert and be willing to make a fool out of yourself. Digging a well in the middle of a desert. Who ever heard of such a thing? But if you do it, I'll fill it with water. Are we, would we be willing to march around Jericho like they did? Would you do that? Would you? We could as though if we could still maintain a little dignity. But not so. God had them march around the walls of Jericho and blow a screechy sounding ram's horn. Why? Because God said if you'll put your raw side of faith out in front. I will follow it with my glory. If we're too embarrassed to act like we really believe that God will do what he said he will do, then he might be a little more inclined not to fulfill his promise if we think we're pretty too embarrassed. I'm trying to run this down. I've got a minute and a half. But in Isaiah 54, verse 1, the prophet said, Sing, O barren. Thou that did not bear, that had no children, break forth into singing and cry aloud that thou did not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cards and strengthen thy stakes. 
For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded. Thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. For thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall be be called. So God is saying, I want those who feel like they have never been productive to start singing. Those who don't feel like much value or purpose. Those who never have been called on, who never are in the spotlight, sing, the Bible said. He said, I want the needy, those who feel despondent, beat down without hope, the unloved. I want you to sing. I want the ones who do not feel qualified and those who may feel unwanted and unappreciated to sing. God wants those who hurt and are disappointed and disillusioned to sing. Those who've tried and failed, those who are hungry and desperate, God said, I want you to start singing. Those who want a miracle and need a miracle. Those who are not ashamed to act like they really believe in the promise God made them. Let the barren sing. Those who don't feel like you've grown. Those who haven't gotten all your prayers answered yet. Don't be frustrated by your failures and what looks like God hasn't finished. Sing, he said. God knows what's going on in your life. He knows how hard things have been lately. It's not an excuse to sit down and do nothing but to the contrary wise to sing don't quit sing don't give up sing he wants you to sing when you don't feel like it he wants you to work when you don't feel like it he wants you to sacrifice when you don't feel like it he wants you to believe when you don't feel like it why because it shows him that you still believe in his promise and you're willing to act like it even when You see nothing. So I believe Grace Church is time for us to start making some noise. To start enlarging the place. And to start acting like God is going to fill it up. I feel the Spirit of the Lord here today. I know every time we've put out chairs when God directed, they've been filled up. Every time we need Sunday school teachers, we've got some. When we needed a church van, God provided one. When we needed a building, God provided one. When you pray for rain, when you pray for rain, do you start carrying the umbrella when you pray or do you wait until it actually starts raining? It's a question we need to answer spiritual-wise. I've been praying for rain and figuratively speaking for the past several Sundays. I've been carrying my umbrella because I'm anticipating a mighty outpouring of his spirit. Thou shalt break forth, but only after the barren scene. God is saying, it's magnified before I manifest. Praise prior to performance. Exalt before you experience. I want you to notice this. And we all know this, but hell is after our faith. Jesus told Peter that night, the devil has desired to have you, but I have prayed for you, what? That your faith fail not. 
Jesus knew that Peter's flesh would fail. He knew he had cut someone's ear off and curse and swear and deny that he did not know Jesus and he would do that three times. Jesus knew to do that. So he didn't, Jesus didn't try to stop Peter's human failure, but he did try to stop the failure of his faith. He prayed for Peter's faith. He knew as long as Peter had his faith, he could recover for anything. Faith, faith right now is our salvation, folks. You'll make it if you keep your faith in him. So I still have that old song that wells up in me when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me. We used to sing, he's done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. It's time to bring back the principle and the promise of those songs. Have you made any progress? Has anything happened that's good? We are people of sensation, but God is a God of seed. When we need help, he makes a promise. When we need hope, he gives us a word. That's how he works, because he depends on our faith to work in us. I want you to notice today in conclusion that God himself did for himself the exact, the exact thing I'm preaching to you today. In Genesis 1 during creation, he threw a party over what he did six times. He created light, and he said, that's good, and he celebrated. He did. He divided the firmament, balanced out the water content on the earth and the ocean and the sky. And when he did that, he said, that's good, and threw another party. At this point in the creation process, he didn't have a fish in the sea. He didn't have a bird in the air, but he still celebrated. Every little creative achievement, he celebrated. He didn't wait till it was finished. And finally, 31 verses later, when he was all done, he said, Very good. It's very good. And if you'll allow me to say, he partied all night and slept all day the next day. We don't like to celebrate anything until the job is done. We need to learn from the master himself. He taught us how to celebrate over everything, even when it's not finished. So if you'll stand with me this morning. So here's my message. Got through my introduction. Here's my message. Jesus said... I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents. The sinner isn't even saved yet. He just repented. But Jesus said, rejoice over that. He isn't baptized. He just repented. He hasn't received the Holy Ghost. He just repented. But Jesus said, rejoice when they repent. Come on, Grace Church. It's time to celebrate the promises of God and act like we believe it. So this is what God is inviting some of us to do today.
This is where some are living. And it's okay as long as your faith hasn't failed. And it hasn't. I feel faith in the house today. I feel a lot of faith here. There's a confidence in the air today. There's a security in the air. But there's a few here today that don't quite feel that yet. Years ago, the heritage singers sang this song that I'm about to share the words of it with you. And the first time I heard it, it smote me in the heart. It made me just want to run down to the altar. We were transitioning into ministry. It's been that long ago when I heard it. Sister Murphy's brother Ricky and Anita Babb sang it at the first church one Sunday morning. I'll never forget it. I wanted so bad, had tears streaming down my face. We were transitioning into ministry. I wasn't backslidden. I just wasn't sure where God wanted me to go. I wasn't sure what God wanted me to do. And so they sang this song. A rocky road, a heavy load, got you wondering if you'll ever get over your journey's slow your faith is low and you wonder who will take the time to get you back on your feet to turn your bitter to sweet Jesus knows he knows all the burdens you must bear and he will take time to care you only learn when you've been burned aren't you wondering if you'll ever get over what will it take one more mistake. Aren't you worried how you waste your time? You may think nobody can see camouflage misery, but my Jesus knows all the things you hide from Him. And oh, He died for every one of them. So cast your care on Him. Anybody got a heart that will not mend? Are you trying to live a life you can't defend? Are you in a battle that you just can't win? Bring it to Jesus. Anybody got a problem they can't solve? Anybody got a, a hole in their resolve? Remember, in His hand, the world revolves. Bring it to Jesus. I feel in my heart today that there's a lot of people, and we've done it today in this service, and and even throughout preaching today, people have been rejoicing. And again, I feel some excitement, but maybe not so with everybody. And it's okay. Your faith is still intact. Things may not be exactly where you want them to be right now. And life may not be going exactly in the direction you want it. But Jesus knows. And you're wanting to reap a harvest in your life right now, but God just wants to give you a seed. And ask you to believe in that seed, plant that seed, nurture that seed, water that seed, and watch God work through what He provides. He's wanting to do that for somebody today. So I know we're trying to still do the distancing thing or not, but more and more people are starting to come to the front and being a little more confident and what have you. And if you feel that, I want to invite you, but if you're not comfortable, don't worry about it. Just pray in your seat. Please pray in your seat. While they sing, everybody come. And let's come. Those of you that can rejoice, rejoice. But those of you that are still burdened by the environment you're living in, why don't you bring that burden to Jesus today? Would you bring it to Him? Everybody that would, would you come down to the front and let's have a prayer time. If you choose to 
remain in your seat, it's okay. But would you worship the Lord wherever you are today? Would you pour your heart out to Him wherever you are today? Somebody take advantage of this moment right now. Somebody take advantage of this moment right now to pour your heart out to the Lord. Presence of the Lord is here. I can Boy, feel him in the atmosphere. His presence is in the house today. His presence is here today. God's talking to somebody right now. God's talking to
take advantage of the moment. Let your heart rejoice. 